What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. I'm back. It's been a minute. Uh, yeah, had a few things going on, work, uh, sickness for the last like week, and I might be coughing a few times throughout this this broadcast, but uh, pay no mind to that. All you need to be paying in mind is to is to this 49er victory today, 34-3 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot to like, a lot of things to still keep an eye on, but it doesn't matter. We got the dub, and now all you got to do is listen to the music. Ladies and gentlemen, i like to know. Are you ready for start time? And once again, it is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. This is Peter Lucas, and man, it feels like forever since the 49ers got a victory. So it feels even longer since we've all had a chance to celebrate one. Uh, But here we are. Jacksonville goes down 34-3 to your 49ers. And there there were some moments in this game that were – that it felt like we were getting back to 49er football. There were also some moments in this game where it still felt like uh, the Shanny is trying to figure it out. It felt some, there were some moments in this game when it felt like Wilkes is still trying to figure it out. And I still think that he's trying to figure it out uh, up to this point. I, even though it was a 34 to three beat down, it's the, you can't take, you can't look away from what had happened before today's game at least i can't and because and but and because of that i'm gonna be looking for for things to be for that like uh because we talked we talked i'm gonna be looking i'm gonna be paying attention because there were reasons why the defense was giving up yards that happened today in this game there were reasons why today worked worked so well. There's a reason why I said on Twitter that the Chase Young move seemed like a desperation Hail Mary type of move. If they were looking for anything to sit there and give this team some an influx of energy, this this was not a personnel issue. The, the, the losses in the past were not personnel, it was not a personnel issue. We're not going to sit here and say that the 49ers didn't have enough to get those wins. That's that did not happen. That was not the reason though those we they didn't get those dubs. They didn't get those dubs because of execution. They didn't get those dubs because the players were not in position to make plays. And which comes down to coaching. Whether you like it or not, it comes down into coaching. And so in this game, we looked for, I think we were all looking for how this team came out of the bye and how 
It came how they looked. What was the vibe? Did it look like they were looking to clean up some of the the miscues that that they had been that they've been like I mean that they had been making in with through this three game skid? And the answer is they cleaned up some of it, a lot of it uh, for this game at least. Uh, there's still play calling issues, I would say on at least on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side, I would still say it's a work in progress. Uh, even though they only gave up three points, the, uh, the defense, the defensive pressure, it's only, it can only mask so much as far as coverage goes. So I'm interested to see, I'm going to be, this is the instant reaction show. So it's going to be interesting for me to see when I go back through and watch the game again, if we're if we're dealing with the same coverage combinations that we were doing before or what and was it just players were executing it better or is it that they changed some stuff up to free up some other players to make plays because the run the run defense looked completely different at times it looked like shades of last year and but then there were also other times where they were gashed and especially on screenplays, they were just getting gashed like crazy. So, but with all that being said, 49ers get a humongous victory. This was a humongous victory. Uh, and before I go any further, I want to get uh, get to some of the con the the comments. Always my, a friend of the show, Melissa in the in the chat. History repeated. All Yak Bros TDs again. Absolutely, like. Uh, <laughs> I told you I'm still trying to get over this cough, but the, um, yeah, it really comes down to the, the, the offense. Everything is going to get, it all looks great when it all looks great when you're sitting there and you're getting scoring touchdowns and Purdy just somehow gets the ball off and, uh, and throws, ends up throwing a perfect pass to Kittle touchdown. Uh, juice gets a touchdown. All these guys are getting touchdown. It looks great. I'm still wishing that they would run the ball more, um, but I'm happy about the victory. And, uh, oh, Melissa says, the team allergic to defensive touchdowns. Uh, first, Talanoa out of bounds, then 53 coming on during a run back. Just, uck. Yeah, that should have been a Ambry Thomas touchdown. And honestly, I thought that it should have been a penalty on Trevor Lawrence at the end. Uh, for hitting him after he had crossed the plane already, but I digress. It was I'll, I'll still take the victory. Uh, we we always like to see a ticky tack penalty called against a quarterback since they get so many called for them. But um, Melissa says game was better without Oliver to a point. <coughs> I don't always think it was Oliver's fault as as far as the coverage issues, but. But I will say that the the defensive line had time to get there in this game. There was quite a few times where in the past the 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 defensive line just didn't have time to get to the to the quarterback. And in this one, they got they had plenty of time. And they ended up with five sacks total. Uh, Hargrave, Bosa had a sack and a half. Uh, where is he? J. 
Chase Young had a half a sack. And Cleveland Farrell had a, had the rare sack. Uh, but Eric Armstead had a half a sack, and we had a scare. We thought Eric Armstead was going to go down. I that was a that was a scary moment because I don't think people that appreciate Eric Armstead enough. Uh, he is a he is a really good player, and I think that uh, without him in the middle, it, it there is a difference. So, but we will take it, and the what was I going to say? And she says Mooney Ward's still playing like trash. Well, he broke up a touchdown. He broke up a touchdown. I don't – you have to put Mooney Ward in a place that he's – that he is going to be. Now, granted, you paid him all this money. He should be just good at the box, right? But at the same time, um, you've got to put him in a place where he can succeed. He is most comfortable playing press man and playing and play man in general. Don't ask him to play zone if you want him to play the play his best ball. That's and quite frequently he's asked to play zone and it doesn't put him in good positions. So if you paid him all that money thinking that he's all of a sudden magically going to be good in zone, well then you're going to be, be mistaken. But I think that uh, Mooney played a lot better in this one. I think that the one that he was called for on, uh, I think that that was a trash call. Like uh, uh, I, I thought that was a terrible call. Uh, that was just one of those gimme, give the give the offense a, a chance and give him another first down call. Um, so, Jesus in the building, appreciate you coming through. Jags threw up on themselves, absolutely did. And he said, let's not crown the Niners. Uh, I, I'm reserving judgment as well. And I know that that's probably not the – the most popular take right now, uh, coming off a of victory, we finally got back in the win column. Um, but I'm kind of iffy about about a couple of things, and I'll go back and I'm going to go into them more in depth when as the week goes on. But as now, I'm I looks like I'm going to be able to get back to a more normal schedule and doing my shows. But but yeah, I I'm not necessarily ready to crown the Niners yet. And there's a couple of reasons. There's a couple of reasons. There's still no offensive consistency. Yes, they had an explosion of offense today. But there was quite a few times in this game where they could not find their identity. They lost their identity again. And the minute that they started running the ball, it, everything became easier. I mean, and I don't understand why... why Kyle cannot understand that that part of this team. You built this team around the run. You built this team with the thought process of and the skill set of a team that wants to be physical and wants to run the ball and wants to and wants to run it down your throat. That's that's what you built this team around. So to just want to go away from it and become a drop back a uh, screen game, the occasion with the occasional jet sweep uh, type of team is baffling at mo at best, and was really the main reason why there was such a lull in the middle of this game, like a offensive lull. And and then we're gonna we started to see Purdy just did not have enough time to throw because they became one dimensional, 
And anybody that doesn't see it, I, I, I beg you to go back and watch the middle part of this game and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. It's just baffling that we have a head coach that is supposed to be an offensive genius and he can't even figure out that, that what he used to do was the better choice for his quarterback. Take some of the pressure off of Purdy. He is not, he not, he's not a top five skill set type of quarterback. He is a quarterback that can win you games. But I want to see us win these games on the backs of our running game. I want it, it should, they should be dominating time of possession. And it's just, it's not there. Now, you're going to look, and I, and I did this on purpose, but you're going to look at the, at the box score now. And it's going to show that they ran the ball 30 times. Like, so, but at the beginning of the fourth quarter, that was most all their runs, but a majority of their runs came in the fourth quarter when the game was out of reach. Like uh, at the, because at third, with the third quarter with 15 seconds left, they only had, Christian McCaffrey only had nine runs. He only had nine rushes. Uh, they had 13 as a team. They had 13 rushes going into the fourth quarter as a team. That's not enough. It's not enough. And magically, as soon as they, they got into the fourth quarter and they started running the ball with McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, all of a sudden, because Elijah Mitchell ended up with eight carries, he only had three going into the, the fourth quarter. Magically enough, when you started running the ball, what happened? Play action happened. Then all of a sudden, eat Brock was just standing back there. He could have ate a meal while he was waiting for a guy to get open. It just it it doesn't make sense. And I and people are gonna push back and say that well, they were just having problems running the it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have to get those one to two yard gains to open up those eight, nine yard gains. You're not you're not going to you're not you have to commit to the run. You're not going to get eight yards every every carry. You're not going to get five yards every carry. Like, you have to commit to it. So, while it looks like on paper that they ran the ball like a, like a, a normal 49er game would go, they didn't. And when they did, the, all of a sudden the floodgates opened and the scoring happened. So, people can sit there and say, oh, well, it was, that's not what it was. It absolutely is what I am invite you to watch the game again and the explosion in the fourth quarter happened when they started running the ball it's it's really simple it's really simple but uh melissa says kittle uh td versus jags like you know that play let <laughs> that play was a thing of beauty just because i thought brock was dead to rights and once again, it was a case of them being one-dimensional because they were just drop back, drop back passing, drop back passing, and the pocket was collapsing on him. I don't even know how he got the ball out. I don't even know how he got the ball out. But he barely got the ball out, and it just happened to drop right in the bucket. And But, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Uh, so it is what it is. And then, of course, 
She wants to bring up the uh, Debo bringing it back. Like uh, <laughs> his uh, his end around with it's just special when Trent Williams gets out in the open field and nobody and he didn't even have to lay. A, he couldn't even lay a hand on anybody, but it's just th- his presence of being out there and the defenders trying to get around him that created those open running lanes. And then Debo did what I said when Debo got to the 15, I was like, oh, that's a touchdown because. Once he gets ahead of steam and those and they get into the secondary and people and the secondary guys got to tackle him, they're not going to tackle him. They're not going to tackle him. Debo is too physical for secondary guys. So it, it is what it is. But it was a beautiful run. Beautiful run. McCaffrey had a few beautiful runs in this game. And uh, yeah, it was a really good play. Uh, <coughs> Jesus says Moody's still suspect with the field goals. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be an ongoing thing. That's going to be an ongoing thing. We're going to be talking about Moody and uh and his kick and his kicks for the whole season. And when the playoffs start, it's gonna re- the pressure's really gonna ramp up and it's gonna be even even more personified. But we hope all we can do is hope and all we can do is hope that that the, the pressure at that point the pressure is not getting to it and that he's so much ingrained in the the 49er culture that it none of that matters so and uh, Melissa says Shani too obsessed with CMC record I mean absolutely I, I get what he was doing at that get, at that point the game's out of hand game's out of hand and like uh it's he he was just trying, a little too hard, but he was still trying to, uh, to get. It. If he hadn't been so obvious, he probably would have made it work. But and Jesus says run Mason and Mitchell, and Mitchell got some some carries in this game. I would love to see Mason get some get some carries, but I just as long as Mitchell's healthy, they're gonna give Mitchell the ball. That's just the way it is. Uh. Mason still has to prove that he has this offense down and, and when, when he can make an impact in the passing game, I think that that will be the, at that point and that he can run the right route. That's when we'll see more of Mason. But until then it's going to be pretty much CMC. And then Elijah with Elijah Mitchell getting a couple of carries here and there. Yeah, and then, uh, Melissa brings up C.J. Beathard coming in at the end. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, uh, that that should have been uh, – Kyle looking at C.J. Beathard should be uh, – that was another miss by Kyle in the draft. I mean, I, I just – why? Don't let Kyle draft anybody. Just let the scout team do it. Don't let Don't let Kyle do any kind of draft. But <coughs> oh, McNiner in the house. Appreciate you coming through, fam. Like, uh, yeah, it was it was a but it was a really good win, a much needed win because obviously the 49ers were on three game skid. The uh, Jacksonville was hot. They were a hot team. They were six and two, and this was an important game for the 49ers to come in and beat a winning team. 
in the AFC, no less. Because, you know, the narrative around the AFC is that, is that all oh, the AFC is just so much better than the NFC. Uh, I think that any of these, t- the top tier teams in the NFC can beat any of the top tier teams in the AFC. That's just the way I feel about it. And I think the 49ers have the best roster in the league. It all comes down to coaching and it all comes down to can the 49er coaches put their guys in a position to succeed and stop overthinking everything and just understand that they have the best players in the league and just put them, just put them in position. Kyle, just run the ball, just run the ball and play off of the and play action off of that. You're, you would make things so much easier for Brock. And I, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And it seems like I'm complaining. I'm not, I'm not complaining about this victory. We're not going to do that. We are celebrating today. We are celebrating today. And uh, we're and I'll get probably more in depth uh, with it on tomorrow's show. But but yeah, I'm, I'm supremely happy about the fact that the 49ers are back in the win column, that we get to talk a little bit of ish for the next uh, for the next few days. But but yeah, I don't want people to be mistaken that this was as dominating of a victory as it looks on paper because it really wasn't it really wasn't but i'm i i'm i can't wait to go back and look at look at it again brock had uh, on paper had a really good day 296 yards passing three touchdowns 19 to 26 148.9 rating trevor lawrence not so much defense uh, held him to 185 yards uh, with two picks, no touchdowns. The it was uh, he had a 48.8 rating. It's it did not go well for him today, and for a couple of reasons. I think that it was good to see, and it was kind of good to see that Shanny isn't the only one, only isn't the only coach that is that this can happen to. But I feel like Doug Peterson overthought this game plan. The 49ers were reeling. They were reeling. Uh, they could not lose another game. And instead of being physical and trusting in your run game and finding easy ways to get the screen game is just killing the 49ers. Like instead of just kind of going with that, making the 49ers tackle, you got impatient. You got impatient. And and then Trevor made some bad reads. I'm still kind of iffy on him as a franchise quarterback. Uh, I think he has all the talent in the world, but I just think that something leads. There's something there that uh, leaves something to be desired as far as his decision making, as far as what he's seeing on the field. And it could have been that finally Wilkes put it together and was able to disguise some of the things that he was doing because. I really believe that that's what was missing with the defense for the last three games is that Wilkes was failing to disguise anything. And <coughs> and you you got to look at you got and I don't want to make a big deal out of him being down on the sideline because I really don't think that had much to do with anything. But it I couldn't help but get a little hype. When he's when him and Warner are getting hype uh, and and uh, and yelling and talking to each other and at the very least at the very least 
the 49ers, this current iteration of this 49ers team had not had a defensive coordinator up in the booth. And because of that, there, there is something to be said for it being something the players aren't used to. Now it shouldn't affect them, but who knows if it actually did. And, and I just, I applaud Steve Wilkes for doing whatever it takes. I, I applaud him for doing whatever it takes to get this team on the right track. I think he was looking for answers. Uh, and I think there's something to be said from, from not, from actually not seeing everything in the booth and just calling the game like uh, the, with the feel, with the feel of the game and what, how you feel that the, uh, the game is turned, the twists and turns of uh, the vibe of the game and making play calls that way. I think there is something to be said for that. And uh, cause I always talk about the feel of the game. So it it's, I kind of liked having him down there. I'm not going to lie, but I don't, I don't know that that did anything. So, and I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but I, I want to give Steve Wilkes his credit for, for like I said, him doing whatever it takes. Uh, there were still, uh, there's still a few things about his coverage that I really, I'm not a fan. I don't like to see defensive linemen dropped in the coverage. I just don't. Um, now it worked today, but they're going to play some not Trevor Lawrence's. They're going to play some better quarterbacks that can take advantage of that kind of stuff. And, but this was not one of those days. So we're going to enjoy it. Uh, and I'm hoping that, uh, that Steve Wilkes stays in the lab, stays looking for the answers because I don't think we found all the answers today. We're still terrible against screens. <laughs> we're still not entirely there in our run fits. Uh, we're also, from a coverage standpoint, and I don't think there's anything they can do about all the coverage issues because uh, not that there was a ton, but I don't think that there's a ton that they can do because of the personnel. I think there is a personnel limitation when you have to start Ambry Thomas. Uh, yeah. Like when you have to start him like that, that means that you've got a glaring hole and Diamador Lenore did not look good in this game. <coughs> <coughs> I'm interested to go back and and see if it was really him. I think there was a couple of times where he was put in bad spots, but uh, but I'm interested to go back and look at that tape and see how that would. As far as the defensive line goes, it looked it looked really good for the first half. Uh, it seemed like they lo- they lost a little bit of steam uh, by the second half and definitely by the end of the game when they started pulling the the starters, but. I would say that the Chase Young uh, addition was was a nice wrinkle, and it was it was obvious that him and Nick Bosa have chemistry. It was obvious that he did add some juice to that pass rush. Um, now, with that being said, I think that the secondary gave him an extra couple of seconds, a, a second and a half to get there, and it showed up. It showed up in the pass rush. So. I know people are going to be like, oh, see, that's all we needed was Chase Young. If you needed Chase Young when you had Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, uh, Eric Armstead, and uh, and all the other guys, 
If you needed Chase Young, then there was already an issue. But I think that it, it did it did it did look a lot better. So <coughs> Jesus says uh Jags looked one dimensional first quarter, second quarter creativity was causing problems with defense. I don't even think it was creativity. They just started calling screens and the 49ers couldn't stop it. It, it wasn't creative. It wasn't anything special they were doing. It was just they were calling screens to try and slow down that slow down the pass rush. And uh, and it was working. And then eventually Steve Wilkes made an adjustment and it kind of and it kind of shut the water off. Uh, but but then they were going they were heaving the ball downfield, just hoping for penalties. That's what it looked like to me. And they got a couple, which led him down the field. And but then to the 49ers credit, they still made stops. They still got uh they still got turnovers. The turn the what do they have? Four turnovers today? They had two fumbles and two interceptions. The that's what was not happening. That was what was not happening in the losses is the turnovers that the water had been shut off. So <coughs> and on the flip side, the 49ers weren't uh, turning the ball over themselves. So when you have a when you have that big of a discrepancy in the turnover ratio, of course, it's going to be a lopsided victory when you're dealing with two professional teams. So yeah. And I and I love this point. Exactly. Niners still making mistakes, coaching and players, no game is perfect, always room for improvement. And that's all I'm saying. There's still room for improvement. I want us to be excited about the victory. Like, uh, but I'm still going to point out the 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 flaws because they that we can't unsee them. We can't unsee them. We saw them. Uh, we we saw them for three straight games, and so now we're looking for them, and we can't unsee them. So all the people out there saying that you should just enjoy the victory and that you should just not not pay attention to all the nonsense. Like, uh, okay, but when it when the nonsense pops up again, don't be surprised. <laughs> don't sit there and say, "Oh, I can't believe that they went back to back to." That. No, it never left. They just got lucky <laughs> that some team didn't take advantage of it, and eventually, it's we're going to get it to a point to where teams are able to take advantage of some of these things, especially when you go up against the better teams like Philly and. Uh, Detroit and the, and some of these other teams that uh, that that have been giving the 49ers problems. So, uh, yeah, I th- I thought this was a a really good bounce back game. What I'm hoping is that is that uh, Kyle sees what happened in the fourth quarter and it gives him a spark to go back to the running game. That's what I'm hoping for, because that's really what's missing for this team. The run game is is ridiculously absent and it's and it's causing them to go away from their identity. Um, I want to look at what the full, yeah, 49ers win the time of possession battle. It's the first time in the last four games that they won time of possession and uh, they won it by what? Six, almost seven minutes. So, that's a key. I keep talking about it. I've been talking about it for four weeks, four or five weeks. 
about time of possession and that the the defense was allowing the other team to stay on the field. We've got to to rule time of possession. Like the 49ers have to, and the way they're going to do that is with the running game, being physical, uh, and then the, the defense doing its job like it did today and getting off the field to hand the ball back to the to the offense. But when the offense gets it, they've got to hold on to it. It can't just be a bunch of huge plays and like some they need sustained drives so that they can uh so they can get keep that defense re- uh rested and and just fresh for that pass rush. But yeah, we're <coughs> like I said, we're going to get back into uh I'm going to I'm going to do a show tomorrow and then I've got my show on Tuesday with uh, with Beto, Niner Sickness, our normal Tuesday show. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. Uh, and then I may do another show probably on Thursday, Thursday, maybe Friday. And and I'm going to get more in-depth as to after I rewatch the game and more about what, what, I'm see, what I saw that was different compared to what was going on in previous games. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys for coming through. I miss I miss doing my shows uh, like uh, on a frequent basis, and uh, we're gonna get back to that. I'm getting more settled in at the new store I'm at, and uh, and yeah, now it's 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 back on. So, with that being said, I'm like I said, I'm gonna get out of here. You guys have a great Sunday. Enjoy the victory. Enjoy the victory. Be happy that we got this victory. Know that they've still got work to do, but at the same time. We got this dub. We're going to be able to talk about another 30-point victory all week long. Get get ready for the water cooler talk. Enjoy it. And with that being said, uh, oh, make sure make sure you give this video a like. Make sure you give it a subscribe. Make sure that you hit the bell so you get the notifications for when I go live. And also, tell a friend to tell a friend so we can be friends every day, every week. And... Yeah, be on the lookout for the other shows, but uh, until then, go Niners.